you can be secure in the uncertainty of tomorrow because while you don't know what holds tomorrow, if you know Christ, you know who holds tomorrow. Dr. Tony Evans says we're free to focus on making the most of whatever's left of our life. If Jesus were to tell you that he's coming back tomorrow to take you home, are you ready? Can you say, I am finished? This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. No matter what your circumstances are or how far off track you may feel, Dr. Evans says God always provides a way to finish strong. Let's join him now as he explains. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul the Apostle is writing his final words to his son in the ministry, Timothy. He wants him to have some things to reflect on as Paul is about to die. Paul is sitting in a dungeon awaiting execution. He's about to be beheaded. His head is about to be removed from his body. And he writes one of these final epistles, 2 Timothy to the one he will leave behind in his place, the one he refers to regularly as his son, son in ministry. His basic word to Timothy is found at the end of verse 5 where he says, fulfill your ministry. That is, complete what you got started. And then he goes into a statement of his own obituary. He actually sort of writes his own final words on his own tombstone. You know, you can find a lot about a person when it's time for them to die. Because usually they don't have to fake it anymore. There are no facades to keep up. There's nothing that they have to uh, show because there there are no notches to make. Paul is awaiting execution and here are his final words which I think are good words as we close out one year and enter another. He says in verse 6, I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. Listen to that again. I have already been poured out as a drink offering. That's an Old Testament offering that was offered to God where The libation was poured out on the altar and it burned and became smoke and went upwards as a sort of steam. And he says, just like the drink offerings in the Old Testament were poured out on the altar, I am about to be poured out. Many commentators believe that that is a reference to his method of death because when his head would be Chopped off, of course, blood would gush out of his neck and it would pour out. But the key to know about Paul's statement, I'm a drink offering, is that a drink offering was a sacrifice. Guess what he's saying? He's saying, I'm going to do in death what I did in life. Sacrifice. You know, it was Paul who said, In Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself as a living sacrifice. In other words, he says, while you're alive, live a sacrificial life. He comes to his obituary and said, I'm going to die like I lived. I'm going to pour it out. 
He says, I'm going to be a drink offering. He says, the time of my departure is at hand. This word departure was used of loosing a rope that was holding up a tent so you could take the tent to the next location or releasing the lines on a ship so that the ship could be free to set sail. It's like a plane departing from an airport always to another destination. Please notice what you don't read here. You don't see panic or fear or he's not in trepidation. He's not trembling. He's not scared of the future. Many of us are scared when we're not dying. Oh, Lord. What's it going to be like next year? Well, let, let, me, let me tell you this much. If you're alive, you're doing all right. Paul is about to die and he's not panicking. His head is about to be chopped off and he's not all shook up. He is secure because he says, I'm a drink offering, I'm an offering to God, and I know I'm going somewhere. You can be secure in the uncertainty of tomorrow because while you don't know what holds tomorrow, if you know Christ, you know who holds tomorrow. So even though the time of my departure is at hand, I'm not going to be panicking. You're not going to hear me screaming. And I'm not going to be shaken because I know where I'm going. He was secure in his relationship with Jesus Christ, even though his circumstances weren't all that good. Let me, let me show you some of his circumstances. If anybody had the right to complain, Paul did. Look at verse 13. He says, when you come, bring the cloak, which I left at Troas. In other words, I'm cold. It's in this dungeon, and this dungeon is, is isolated, and it's cold in here. So when you come visit me, on the next visitation, when they let you into prison, bring me a cloak so, so that I won't have to be cold at night. He goes on and he says, Alexander the coppersmith, verse 14, did me much harm. He says, I'm cold and all my friends have left me. In fact, he says in verse 16, at my first defense, no one supported me, but all departed from me. Anybody been rejected? He says, when, when folk turn against you, I know what you're talking about, and I'm very, very cold in here, but look at his attitude. Even with all that rejection, he says in the, in the verse 16, may it not be counted against them. In other words, he didn't want to enter heaven with an unforgiving spirit. Verse 17, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me in order that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the lion's mouth. He said, if the Lord was with me before, even though they get ready to chop off my head, he ain't going to leave me now. Somebody ought to hear something in that. The question is only, is the Lord with me? He says, if the Lord stood by me before, the lion's mouth was Nero. Nero tried to kill him before, but couldn't do it. He says, the Lord was with me when Nero was after me before, and now that Nero's got me, the Lord's not going to leave me. I am secure in him. 
In fact, he says, the Lord, verse 18, will deliver me from every evil deed and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. God's not going to let anything happen to me or you outside of his will. And if he does let something happen, it's because it's time to go to heaven. By the way, I hope you know that, that the only time God stops meeting your need is when it's time to take you home. Up until that time, he will deliver you from all evil. He will be the final say-so. It won't be the job that's the final say-so. It won't be the economy that's the final say-so. The Lord is the final say-so for your life. So he says, I'm ready. The hourglass is turned over and it's running down. It's not only running down on Paul, he just knew it. I've asked this question before. Let me ask it again. How many older people do we have here? Older. Okay. Some of you wouldn't admit it. Look, if you're over 50, you're old. Okay. You, you're going down. How many young people we got here? Well, let's test that. I have one simple question. When are you going to die? Because you don't know your real age till you know your death date. See, if you're 50 and going to make it to be 60, you old. If you're 20 and going to die at 25, you real old. But if you're 60 and going to live to be 95, you're fairly young. So you can't measure your birthday by your birthday. You got to measure it by your death day. But since nobody knows their death day, we don't really know who the old folks are here. So we have to walk by faith and not by sight. Paul then, in anticipation of his entrance into heaven, looks back on his life and he makes three of the most profound statements in all of the Bible. He says, number one, I have fought the good fight. I have fought the good fight. I don't know if you've learned this yet, but the Christian life it's not a playground, it's a battleground. If you don't have any scars for being a Christian, you're not a good one. If you can't show any cuts or bruises for following Jesus Christ, you ain't been in a fight. And if you ain't been in a fight, then you haven't been living the Christian life. Because the Bible is clear, we have a spiritual enemy who is out to destroy us, which means you gotta fight. If you've not had to fight against sin in your life, you aren't living the Christian life. If you don't have to fight against the devil, you aren't living the Christian life. And the only reason that you don't have to fight against him is he knows he doesn't have to waste any time or punches on you. He says, I have fought a good fight. This is an athletic picture of a guy leaving a boxing ring or a wrestling match or some kind of sporting event all bruised and tattered and torn and his jersey is all bloodied and he can say one thing he says I left it all on the field I didn't have anything left I gave it my all here's my question do you have any scars to show not because you're looking for a fight it's just they will find you if you're living for Christ some of you have had fights on your job this year Simply because you tried to be Christian. Some of you have had fights in your homes this year simply because you tried to be Christian. 
You've had fights in your circumstances simply because you've tried to be Christian. Paul says, I fought the good fight. Now, I like the word good because every fight isn't a good one. The Greek word good means noble. Or to put it another way, I only fight fights that are worth fighting. Every fight's not a good one. Dr. Evans will tell us more about the kind of fights we're supposed to walk away from when he continues our message in just a moment. First, though, I'd like to tell you about a special gift package we've put together for you for the new year. It begins with Dr. Evans' current series called Expecting God's Best in the New Year. These messages show how to ride out the storms of life, build confidence in the Lord's presence and provision, and make the most of your God-given potential. Also included is a copy of the 2024 Tony Evans Wall Calendar, as well as his popular book, God Himself, A Journey Through His Attributes. This complete New Year collection of audio messages, calendar, and book will help you set healthy new directions for 2024. And it's our gift to you when you visit TonyEvans.org and make a donation toward the ministry. Don't put it off. This special offer is only available through the end of this week. Again, that's TonyEvans.org or call our 24-hour resource center at 1-800-800-3222 and let one of our team members help you. Again, 1-800-800-3222. Right now, Dr. Evans is back with more of today's lesson. Let's join him. The guy was walking down the street one day, and he was making a list of all the people he had whipped. And one of the men's name on his list was Jim. And while he was going over his list, he ran into Jim. Jim said, why is my name on your list? He said, you never fought me. But hey, we, we can deal with whether my name ought to be on the list right now. I fight you right now. The guy said, well, Jim, really, we don't have to go that far. I can just get out and erase and just take your name off the list. Because every fight's not worth fighting. See, a lot of us are fighting, but we're fighting the wrong battles. We're not fighting a good fight. We're fighting a bad fight. We're wrestling with stuff we shouldn't be spending time on. We're dealing with folk we shouldn't be dealing with. We're hanging out wrestling with stuff we shouldn't even be in the vicinity of. Talking about I'm running for Jesus. I'm fighting for Jesus. He says, no, I fought the good fight. That is, I fought battles that were worth fighting. If you're getting scarred up fighting for your family, that's a good fight. If you're getting scarred up fighting for your children, fighting for your reputation, fighting for your integrity, fighting for your decency, fighting for your future, trying to make sure you're calling, that's a good fight. If you're getting up fussing because that's what you did all your life, that's not a good fight. Paul says, I fought a good fight. That is, I fought fights worth fighting. I picked my battles. So the question is, are you spending your time and are you spending your energy wrestling with things that matter? Brothers and sisters, don't waste any more time. Time is too short. It's too uncertain. I could be dead tomorrow. You could be dead tomorrow. Don't fight over stuff not worth dying over. Paul said, I didn't waste my time with stuff that didn't matter. He then says, I finished my course. The Bible says that the race is not given to the swift. Nor is the race given to the strong, but it is given to those who endure to the end. Your goal in life is to finish well. 
Most people who go into marathons don't go in them to win. They just go in them to finish. In Paul's life, there were no unfinished symphonies. Nothing that was not completed. He didn't, he didn't die wondering were there things left to do. There was no sense of incompleteness. I did a series not too long ago about your calling. Don't let another year go by without you finding, pursuing, and fulfilling your calling. Don't go on existing another year wondering why you're here meandering. He says, I finished my course. Now, for me to finish my course, I have to focus on my course and leave yours alone. For you to finish your course, you've got to focus on your course and leave mine alone because when I stand before the Lord, you won't be there with me. And when you stand before the Lord, I won't be there with you. Don't call me, I ain't answering. He says, I have finished my purpose for being the course that God has set for me. Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I have a plan for you. It's a plan that's not evil. It's a plan for your welfare to bring you a blessing, to bring you hope. God has a plan for you. Stop living on everybody else's agenda and find out what his plan is for you. He says, I knew what God wanted me to do and that's what I did. And I didn't let folk take me off course. I hope you know people will take you off course. They're called detours. Things that, things that get you off course so that you don't fulfill your calling, fulfill your plan. And they may not all be bad things. They may be good things, they're just not for you. You must ask this question about everything you do next year, and that is, will this further where God wants me to go? And even if it's a good thing, if it's not helping you get where God wants you to go, it becomes a bad thing. Because it's not fulfilling your calling or fulfilling your course. He says, I have finished my course. I finished this race. I did not start and not finish. I was not wondering meandering all of us know people who are meanderers they're doing this today and that tomorrow and this the next day and that the next day and they're always looking for their ship to come in they're meanderers they're, they're wanderers they're all over the place they don't set a mark and go for it because they feel that this is what God would have them to do. And if you don't know what your calling is, stay on your face and tell God you're not going to let him go till your change come. Because if he knows the plan for your life, he can show it to you. In fact, Hebrews 12.1 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. I like that. Author means originator or starter. Finisher means completer. God will get you started and take you to the finish line. But he says, your focus has got to be on me. If your focus is on people, it's okay to get advice from people, but all people can give you is what they think. The only one who can be God in your life is guess who? God. 
He's the only one who can tell you for sure and solidify it in your soul what he wants you to do, to be, to become, and rivet that in your being. He's the only one. So you go in his presence and you don't let him go until he shows you why you are here. A charge to keep I have and a God to glorify. You've seen in the Olympics, the guys who do the, the rowboats, they're, they're doing the rowing. Their back is to the finish line. They can't see the finish line. But at the top of the boat is what they call a coxswain. And the coxswain is the guy with the horn. And he's saying, pull, 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 row, row, row. Their eyes are fixed on the coxswain while they row. Because while they can't see where they're going, he can. So they fix their eyes on him. And he gives them the cadence and gives them the push and gives them the pull and keeps them on track. If you don't know where you're headed, put your eyes on Jesus. Because he knows where your finish line is and he knows how to become the, get you in the start of the race and take you to the finish line. Peter was worried about John. God told Peter about what was going to happen with his life. He said, well, what about him? Guess what Jesus said? Jesus said, what is it to you? Why are you getting in his business? You're going to have enough to fulfill my calling for you. Don't take on somebody else's calling. And a few of us next year need to get out of other folks' business. Because the more time you spend on their calling, the more time you're going to miss yours. He said, Peter, it's none of your business what I'm going to do with John. You just go about and do what I told you to do. He says, I've kept the faith. You know the things you keep in your home are the things you treasure. The more valuable it is, the more you keep it. In fact, we keep things for generations because we treasure them. Heirlooms that come down from parents or grandparents. He says, I've kept the faith. The faith is that body of truth and him living up to it that had been passed down We must value the faith if we're going to keep it. Protect it as a treasure. Paul is sitting in a dungeon awaiting execution. He said, in the future is laid up for me the crown of rightness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. He says, I've kept the faith. Kept the faith. Dr. Evans will come back in a moment with an important question we need to consider today and every day. But first, if you'd like to hear the complete message Dr. Evans presented today, including content we didn't have time to bring you on the air, copies are available. You can get the details at TonyEvans.org. Better yet, get the full-length message as a part of Tony's life-changing audio collection, Expecting God's Best in the New Year. As I mentioned earlier, all five lessons in this collection, as well as the bonus calendar and Tony's book, God Himself, are yours as our thank you gift when you make a contribution to help keep the alternative radio broadcast coming your way. But this offer ends this week, so don't wait. Contact us today at TonyEvans.org or call our Resource Center at 1-800-800-3222, where team members are available day and night to help you. That's 1-800-800-3222. When our plans and dreams are blown away, Dr. Evans says the Lord is still in control of those who trust in Him. 
Join us tomorrow when we'll see how the storms of life can actually benefit us as they guide us toward greater things. Right now, though, Tony's back with a final question to wrap up today's lesson. Now, here's the question. The question is this. If Jesus were to tell you that he's coming back tomorrow to take you home, are you ready? That's the question. If he said tomorrow is your last day, are you ready? Can you say I am finished? Or are there things still left undone? The bad news is it could happen tomorrow. The good news is if it doesn't, you've got another day to get it together. Find out specifically how you can get it together and benefit from a personal relationship with the Lord when you visit TonyEvans.org and select the text link at the top of the homepage that simply says Jesus. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 